You are listening to the Sideline SAS Podcast, episode 50, College Gridiron Showcase Preview, part three. In this episode of the podcast, I am joined by the other co-founder of the event, Jose Jefferson. He talks about what sets the CGS apart from other draft events, and I'll give you a hint, it has to do with listening to the scouts. <laughs> Later, I'm joined by Ball State running back Caleb Huntley, who I've nicknamed Bulldozer for his 5'10", 229-pound bruising frame. He talks Talks about what it's like to play in the MAC and what he hopes to show scouts at the CGS this week. To close out the episode, I'm joined by Huntley's teammate, Ball State wide receiver Antoine Davis, who talks about his incredible journey through football, including sleeping on friends' couches in high school and finally making it to his dream of playing Division I football. He also talks about being undersized, but what he can bring to the position on an NFL team. But first, some housekeeping stuff. Hey guys, Emily Van Buskirk here. Welcome to the Sideline SAS podcast, a proud member of the Brawl Podcast Network. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you found me. The Sideline SAS podcast is generally produced every two weeks just for you, and the show notes can be found on the episode page at Spreaker.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, and feel free to rate and review. Let your girl know how she's doing. If you feel like getting social as well as sassy, make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sideline Sass with three S's. Or if you're more like my mom and prefer a wholesome connection, go ahead and like the show on Facebook. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, check out the website www.sidelinesass.com with three S's for more sports content. Feel free to follow the SAS on my personal account at MLM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't catch all that, no worries. All of those links and handles can be found in the show notes. And I'm excited to announce the addition of Sideline SAS merchandise to the brand. If you want your very own Sideline SAS dad hat, head over to the Brawl Network website and get your very own. But uh, for now, let's uh, go talk to some people. Okay, Sideline Sass podcast listeners, we are back with the third installment of this series of College Gridiron Showcase preview podcast. I still did not come up with uh, a shorter name, so we're rolling with that. And this one, I'm speaking with a co-founder of the event. Yes, another, you know, another co-founder, co means two. So we obviously already spoke with Craig Red, and now I am joined by Jose Jefferson. Welcome to the podcast, Jose. I'm not going to give your full title because it's, you know, it's too much. <laughs> no, thank you. No, it's, it's, it's all good. I, I enjoy it. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. I'm glad we now have, we've gotten to see so many different perspectives on this event. And it's, it's started with Mike Riddleman and then it snowballed into talking to you guys and all of these players that I've had on. The, the one theme that is the same is just excitement. You know, everybody is so excited to just get out on the field and play football. How are you feeling now that you're in Fort Worth and you're there and it's like three or four days away? Um, it's getting real, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yep. You know, it's, um, you know, the, the pucker factor is definitely about <laughs> eight or nine, but it's, no, truth be told, I mean, it, it gets easier every year um, to do this, but mm-hmm. it, there's always that that, you know, more the anxiousness to to get started right and i don't know how long i'll i'll do cgs this is year seven and um i get asked that constantly you know how long i gonna do cgs i just know, assumed it was you know, forever i never even thought to ask you that i just thought it was well, <laughs> to the grave it's, it's almost like coaching for me i've mm-hmm. coached for 25 years and i've always said if i don't get nervous before a game or, or get anxiety for doing it then it's time for me to quit interesting and, okay and, and this is the same thing if i don't get nervous about making sure the kids are going to get here okay or making sure we have enough numbers or making sure the the hotel is good or if I don't care or finding about a jersey anymore <laughs> yeah finding a jersey I was just just ironically enough that's a, that's I was finding a jersey for a player that just signed on and um if I don't stress on those things yeah. and and I know there's stress is unhealthy but that's a healthy stress for me because it shows that I care right and um I know when I don't anymore it's probably time to move on. And, um, 
I, I really enjoy what we do here. Yeah. We are so, so different from all the rest of the games, which are good in their own rights. You know, I don't have any animosity or hate for what they do, but they don't do what we do. Right. So I, I don't feel jealous of what they have or, or, you know, who we, who they think we are because right. they're not us, right. you know, and I pretty much stay in my own lane and do what I do. <laughs> and, and that was shown today on Twitter. I don't know if you saw, but Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl tweeting at us, you know, Mike tweeting the fullback tweet. I'm so excited about the fullbacks. We will get into that, but like, <laughs> he tweeted about fullback Fridays and, you know, Jim Nagy chimed in and was like, those are two great players. And I thought that in of itself was just so indicative of the vibe of we're all in this kind of together. And just because you do, like, we're all trying to promote these players. That's really, at the end of the day, what everyone in this industry is trying to do is, is well, at least the good guys are trying to help these guys. Get there, you know? Well, and, and I talk with Jim Nagy probably mm-hmm. weekly through text or email. Yeah. And, and we have a special partnership relationship that you know he he acknowledged what we do we respect what they do and um it's a really really great relationship to have with them because i mean is he is he giving away the 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 farm with everybody who's who's he's inviting no but he's also (laughs) guiding no i mean he's also guiding us because we'll give him a list of guys and say hey we're gonna go after blah 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 and he'll be like yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, hold off on him because you know, and, oh, okay. and he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, and then he's very, very supportive of what we do. But once again, we do different things. Yeah. And, and I, I have heard that he has inquired to scouts about our interview process, which I think is probably one of the best in the industry with what we do. Um, you know, it's no trade secret of what we do, but like I said, it's more customer service based. I mean, in terms of like how we treat the scouts, right. um, how we treat the players, how the setup is. Yeah. And I think scouts appreciate that. And the biggest thing that I think we get over the top with other, with a lot of the other events is we we moniker it as a scout event. Right. If they come here, and I mean, that's how come we went this year and our format has changed because of the things they asked for. Right. And that's that's actually what Craig talked about in the last episode is, especially this year, asking the scouts, what do you guys need to see in this year particularly because of COVID, because of the lack of film and play and access to players? This event in the Senior Bowl and then, you know, the others – are really the only chance that they get that kind of access. So building around that is so important. And that's what Craig said that you guys have been doing. And I think that's incredible. And the scouts do like it. I talked to a scout yesterday and he was just so complimentary of the whole process. So, Well, we have a lot of fun here and and we're not as... uh... As a, to quote a scout, he says, you guys haven't realized you're big time yet, so it's still fun to come here. <laughs> and uh, I laughed as well, too, because I'm like, really? You know, but um, <laughs> it, it just never really started out that way. Um, yeah. To, you know, we I just wanted to provide a game. I mean, I, I started CGS with Craig and mm-hmm. most of it was from a bad experience. That's what he said. Of, <laughs> yeah. Of, of a, he invited me to help out an all-star game and it was uh-huh. the worst experience ever. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm writing all these pages of notes and, <laughs> and, um, and he, you know, He's like, well, if you feel that way, then we should just just do it better. Well, he said, well, he said, why don't you start a game? He's like, you. And I was like, what do you mean me? And, um, you know, and so after about three months of researching it, um, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to need help doing this. Let's do this. And Mm -hmm. we had, we had, we did the actual game, you know, we had yes. other players, you did the gay lie, you take the kids bowling and, you know, you do all that stuff and yeah. you, you got the meetings and they set up the interviews, which are hard because you got to get the meetings. And we were on Comcast, like at three in the morning, you know, some tape delayed stuff. And <laughs> we got 10 guys drafted. We had another, you know, 14, 15 to the combine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a great event and I was so miserable afterwards (laughs) the worst experience ever i hated it and the thing was we did everything the senior the shrine and the pa did um but it was just me i mean financially it was just me and i'm still a thousandaire you know i mean i I can't (laughs) you know i I don't have a i don't have a hospital to fall back on i don't have player dues and agent dues to fall back on i don't have the city of mobile to to right. finance me it's it's just me right and um so i said if we're going to do this i want to do this my way you know and, yeah. and it's, there's a there's a saying that 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 i 
use, and I say it to myself quite often, that everybody wants to be number one, but nobody wants to be first. And um, <laughs> That's true. And, and, and I want to be first. And so we were the first to break away from the traditional game. We were the first to add another whole group. We were the first to add a third group. We were the first <laughs> to add a fourth group yeah. of specialists. We were the first to do an all-star game or do a, a free agent event yeah. at an all-star game. You know, we were the first to have a Japanese national at our at our event. I mean, wow. there's a lot of first with yeah. CGS and, um, you know, we were, we were, I hit a lot of speed bumps early on. <laughs> I'm I mean, sure. <laughs> um, I never forget, and, and I'm, I'm putting him out there, but I, I really do adore the guy. His name is Ken Fiore. He's the vice president of player personnel for the NFL. And, mm-hmm. and I never forget, he's like, well, you know, you guys have to do this, you have to do that. And, you know, it's against the NFL bylaws and blah, blah. And I said, that's <laughs> fine, Ken. I said, why don't you send me the page in the bylaw <laughs> that says that? And he laughed just like you did. And I said, okay, who did I piss off? <laughs> and, um, he said, well, it's the NBA, NFL uh, competition committee. And I said, I think they're probably mainly pissed off is because I'm doing it before them. He said, you're probably right. <laughs> probably and, right. <laughs> um, and so since then, we we have gotten away, and I shouldn't say gotten away, but we have given been giving amnesty mm-hmm. for the things we do because of the scouts. The scouts like our they, they, like they come yeah. here, they have a good time. They, you know, we <laughs> laugh. They get they get the run of the place. They get the goal over on the they can dictate our practice if they want to, yeah. because it's what they need to see. And that's where kind of the other games, and I'm not afraid to say it, um, <laughs> that's where they kind of fall off the map with with a lot of things because you get these great coaches and they do have some great coaches yeah. out there. We have we have great coaches here. Yes. Um and and you get these kids there and you want to teach a scheme and you want to see them Yeah, be, you take you all know, week to teach them and, something that right. people learn all season. Like <laughs> Well, and not even only that, but a lot of these kids and I say a good 90% of them uh-huh. have played for some good coaches. Yeah. You are not going to reprogram these kids in 3 days. Yeah. Number 1. And number Number two, and most important, that should be number one, just like with me. I played pro ball for five years. Okay. I've coached for 25 years. They don't want to know and don't care what I know. <laughs> they want to know what these kids know. Yeah. And, um, right. and when we do that, I mean, and I and at first I got knocked on not having, you know, enough pro coaches. Or I got former NFL guys and yeah. college coaches and guys like myself that played, mm-hmm. you know, at a lower, you know, very, very minimal time in the NFL or whatever. But um, the whole point is that we know how to run drills. Yeah. And we know how to, we know how to run the drills they want to and see. And drills are drills. You can't and, finesse a drill. Yeah, like you yeah, run you it or you don't. Miss, well, you know how to do it or you don't. Right. And, um, and you know, they're like, you know, you, you hear, well, we got so-and-so coaching these kids, you know, and, and, and they're going to, you know, you're going to instill this knowledge on these kids. And there's one thing about, like, I, I, I coach very subtly there. I haven't really coached any position in the seven years we've done it. Okay. But, um, like, I, I remember, like, when Jakeem Grant was with us, you know, his arms were kind of out on a punt return. And I was like, get your elbows in. And okay. I just walked by and said, get your elbows in and kept going. And he kind of looked at me like, what? What would you say? <laughs> and and it's, it's that subtle with me is that, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to overcoach these kids because – they, they they truly want to know what these kids know, which is why we do the HRT testing. And CGS this year, and we can put this out, yeah. is one of is one of only three places where you can take the wonder look as a player. Wow. The combine, the combine, the senior ball, and now CGS. And um wow. that's another added bonus that we have over the other events. And I I love the fact that people want us to do those things and and I couldn't be prouder of of what we've built. It's tough, yeah. you know, and and but we we've you know we've done it kind of backwards. You know that song, you know, money, power, respect, and we've done it we've done it backwards. Yeah, you know, we've got we've had to build our respect first, right. and then we have a little power now in terms of <laughs> the market share of all star events, and maybe the money will come, and that's fine. And I and I stopped chasing dollars years ago. Right. Um, to, to, to make sure, I mean, that's not a measure of success for me. Right. Um, like they say, you know, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. You are just a fount uh, of, of quotes (laughs) like this. I'm like, I need to write these down. Hoseisms. These are incredible. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was gonna say, I'm gonna uh, carry a notebook all week when you see. <laughs> as my, you know, as, as my wife says, uh, Joseism. Yeah, Jose, that's why I just so, said I. I could tell. You know, okay. But um, no, like I said, I, I just <laughs> I want to I want to impact these kids, mm-hmm. and um, we we give financial seminars, which a lot of events yes. don't do. Uh, we get parent seminars, which a lot of events don't do. Right. Um, we talk about, you know, social justice issues. We talk about domestic violence. Yeah. We talk about those things. And um, we also want to prepare these kids for life after football. And it was so funny, after the, the life after football segment, the kid goes, uh, and, I, and I'm not going to put him out there. I love him, but he did kind of insult me, though. He goes, man, when this seminar was life after football, I thought they were talking about catch your age. <laughs> I didn't think they were talking about six months ago. And I'm like, uh, or six months from now. And, and I'm like, yeah, we're talking after the draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, in, we're in January. What are you going to do when you don't get drafted? You yeah. know what I mean, which is five, six months away, right. you know, whatever it is. And um, that comes up a lot quicker than being 50 years old and then saying, oh, where's my life after football? That's you know, true. So, um, no, we the parent seminar is is amazing too because I work at a university currently, mm-hmm. and um, we are in the process of starting a high school seminar. Okay. Um, and the high school, not a high school showcase, but not football centric okay. as much as sport centric. You know, okay. educating all sports with the process of recruiting, financial aid, scholarships, you name it. Yeah. And having that grow to college. And so when they're in college, they know that if they don't make the senior bowl, there's other options that they have. Yeah. And then if they come to CGS, they know if they don't make it the first time we have a free agent event that they can come back and do things. So, so, I mean, you're talking about a holistic approach would probably be, if you start, if we start with a kid as a freshman in high school, we could conceivably have that kid, you know, with CGS on his, you know, breath for about nine years yeah you know depending on the situation but that's a that's a holistic approach as opposed to getting a guy get him in get get his funds get him to nfl teams and if he doesn't make it so be it that no no this is beyond yeah it is way beyond i like that and well it's it's looking at it at 30,000 feet right. as opposed to 30 feet. Right. And um, you just, you just have to, I guess to me, I'm, I'm best, I'm, I'm a better kingmaker than a king. <laughs> I like and, that. Um, and, and I, I am very, I, I, I know it's funny. I tell the, I tell the players when they come, mm-hmm. this will probably be the first time and the last time you'll hear from me. Um, because you're not here to see me. Right. Nobody, nobody comes to CGS to see me. I mean, you're not going to come to see me. That's why you're talking to me now. You're you're here to see the players and everybody else. And it's fine. It's very humbling, but it's true. And um, I just tell them, go and do you. Be who you are. Yeah. And if you you need me, and you will, you know where I'm at. (laughs) And um, my goal is if you're a CGS guy now, you're a CGS guy for the rest of your life. Like it's a family. And yeah, it's like a, it yeah. is. I got you. And I, I work with an indoor football team mm-hmm. um, uh, the, in the IFL, mm-hmm. and I tell them if you want a job, I got a job for you. Oh. I work at a university, and I know college coaches. If you want a coach, come and you know, yeah, I'll get you in with a coach. I got a player that was here two years ago that is coming back to assist with coaching this year. That's awesome. You know, and so it is a holistic approach on life. And, um, you know, they, it's what you have a 2% chance of making it in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, you have a, you have a better chance of being the Supreme court justice than you do an <laughs> NFL football player. You just do. And, um, you know, and you don't, that's want hard to, to hear for these guys. That's, a, that's hard is. to swallow. You, Emily, you are a hundred percent correct, and I see it. and it's not and it's not that we're you know coming down and, and trashing people's no, dreams. No, no, it's and, just realistic. It's... We are we are giving these kids what they demand, and that's mm-hmm. the real. And yeah. when you get the real, you have one or two choices. You can get mad at me <laughs> for telling you the truth because you like living the lie, or you right. can take what I'm telling you and apply it to maybe some things that don't make sense in your life. Right. You know, how come I'm not getting, rec- you know, how come the, the Dallas Cowboys didn't talk to me? Right. Well, because 
Maybe because they got enough of your position. Maybe you're not good enough. And, and then the whole thing that they don't look at is maybe it's the next guy doing it a little better than you. Right. You know, and, and nobody wants to admit that. But no. it's cold out there for these kids. <laughs> you know, my, it is. My goodness. I this I got to tell you, I didn't have to ask you a single question. You <laughs> answered your own question. Like, I, that was that was just the most informative 17 minutes of my life. Um, that was incredible. Believe it, or not, this, believe it or not, this is my very first interview. Ever, <laughs> I, ever. I would never believe that in my entire <laughs> life. Nice I'm a, try. I'm, a, I'm an interview virgin. Really? You, okay, is- you're an interview virgin like I'm a, you know, anything virgin. Come on. Um, so, but let me, let me just ask one thing. Sure. And I'll let you in because we're already hitting time here, but I got to I need to talk. I want to talk about um, we talked about money and mm-hmm. we chatted about this before we started recording. And one of the things people don't know as much about is the small school sh- showcase. And it's been a point of conversation these past few days because um, the players do pay to come to the showcase. Um, they get, you know, to be seen by NFL coaches, NFL scouts or whoever it is that um, I don't know the whole total and you can fill it in. But um, we chatted about whether, you know, that's beneficial or it's not, or and the players that I've talked to are so excited and I'm doing a whole podcast. The next two guys after you in this podcast are small school players. And they're so grateful for this opportunity, especially in this year when it's been difficult to get seen. What are your, like, how did you come up with the small school showcase aspect of it? And how has that process been? Um, you know, that was a brainchild of, of a lot of us, Mm -hmm. um, because I mean, I went to university of South Dakota and back, I mean, it's still considered a small school as an FCS school, but even smaller back then. But the, the problem was we, we, we developed the two groups, you know, the Wranglers and the Desperados, the Wranglers, obviously the top tier, the Desperados being the guys that are on the cusp of the draft, maybe prior to free agents. And we would stick some smaller school NAIA kids in there. Yeah. And it wasn't like, like, you know, it wasn't, they, they really stuck out like yeah. a sore thumb yeah. and not in the good way. <laughs> and, and not to say that, that they, that they, they can't compete, but when you got one NAIA kid with a bunch of FCS, FBS, division yeah, two players, yeah. you're you're already sticking out. Mm-hmm. But then you, the, the game's a little different. And so we're like, we need like-like here. Mm-hmm. And, and so we developed it to get the best of the best of these small school kids with the criteria being all-conference kid, okay. starter, okay. stats, all-American. You know, get these guys that, you're looking at them and say, why are you at an NAI or why are you at a division three right, school? Right. You know, those type of cats. And, and we even extended that to division two because some division, I mean, some division two kids aren't going to make our top 200 guys, but right. they would make this group. And then the caveat we put on it was, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to take these hundred guys mm-hmm. and pit them together. And then we're going to let the scouts pick 10 to 12 of these guys to move into the main showcase. Wow. Now that's a process. Yeah. That is, that is an interview for your butt right there. That's I interesting. Mean, right there and then, yeah. That, that is instant gratification or disappointment. Right. When you have an NFL guy deciding, well, we think you're good enough to move up. So well, can I ask you, is that after, so this is on Monday. Well, and on a regular CGS year, we would pad up and we would do the drills and we yeah. would do the one-on-ones and we would spend that time and the scouts make those decisions. Okay. Now, okay. we'll do something similar this year to okay. where we'll take a few guys to interview some more because of what they did on the field. But the scouts make those decisions. Wow. And, and I have to keep prefacing that because I tell the kids this, all the kids, yeah. any group I don't have a job for you. Yeah. I can help you to get to where the jobs is, but right. I am not hiring you. Right. But it's a great dynamic. I um one of the scouts told me, he goes, you know what? I got NAI Division Three schools all through Texas. And instead of traveling to them, I just give you uh, some names that I'd like to see. And next thing you know, they're all at CGS. <laughs> and all I gotta yeah. all I gotta do is come to Fort Worth 
Work you interview smart. them. Yeah, <laughs> come to Fort Worth, interview them all, mm. see them all, then see them. I mean, some of these kids may not ever play against each other because yeah. of conferences or whatever, but mm. now I get to see them do so. Yeah. And um, we have created such a service and CGS as a whole, from our top group all the way down to the bottom group. I just spoke to a director of college scouting. I'm not going to tell you who, okay. um, but a director of college scouting, he says, what you do is so valuable Yeah, because he goes, my daughter can pick the first three rounds, every pick, you know, and not miss a beat. But the fourth through the seventh oh, round yeah. is a crapshoot. And your, and your guys fill those voids. And yeah. he goes, you guys have saved so many people's jobs. He goes, they won't tell you. <laughs> They'll take credit. And, um, but... <laughs> and that starts with the small school showcase yeah. of, of adding on. I mean, if you look at it, we are three times as big as the senior, the shrine, and the yeah. PA. Or oh, we are big or bigger than all three of them combined. Yeah. Trust me, and I've been looking at all the names on my board this week, and I am well aware that it is quite a lot of players. <laughs> you know, but it's and, good. And we, it is good, and it's we good. really want to service. We can't be all things to all people. Right. Where do we want to be? But all we can, I mean, okay, even at the 300 kids plus that we get, mm-hmm. we still miss some. Of course. We still miss some. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. You know I mean? That's okay. There, I think they were saying there were, shoot, over 10,000 draftable kids oh last my year. God, that's I mean, crazy. hell, we only have 300 kids. I know. That's, <laughs> it's a fraction. It's a fraction. Exactly. I mean, that, that's like throwing a dexter off the Titanic right there. It's, I mean, we, we, we don't get much there. No. And um, so we get the kids that are going to move the needle. Yeah. We get the kids the scouts want to see. Yeah. We get the kids that we evaluate and th- and know or feel that can stay on the field and, yeah. and produce and, and, and make good. And then we're going to get nominations. We're going to get coaches that chime in. We're, I mean, okay, we had an athletic director of FBS school <laughs> today call us wow. and ask for a kid to get in. Not so much because, you know, we didn't think he was good enough. We just missed him. Yeah, and it happened. We just but that's him. why these guys, the small school showcase to me, it, it I like it because I love and telling those guys stories. So beyond what you guys see in in the stat columns and the film and and the numbers, um, those stories tend to be some of the most interesting, you know, of the guys I talk to. Whether it's they just had something happen at a prior school and had you know in this other small school took a chance on them or, you know, they didn't play football till they were a senior in high school. And then, you know, so many different tales to be told um, across the board. But I like the small school guys because they, and they're just humble and they're hungry. They're really fun to talk to. So. And I, and I enjoy it as well too, because I've dealt with two of the biggest Cinderella stories in NFL history and they were small school kids. I love Um, that. You know, I, I played arena football for three years with Kurt Warner. Oh, wow. You know, who was a small school. Yeah. And, you know, Northern Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one year starter. You know, now he's a <laughs> Hall of Famer. And then um, back in 2005, I was an indoor football coach and coached a, a great little running back by the name of Fred Jackson, <laughs> who came from Coe College. And we got him to the Buffalo Bills wow. and had a great 10-year career. And these are two small school guys that if this was 2000 or 2020 or 2021 and they're at Northern Iowa and at Coe College, guess what? They're at CGS. Yeah. And that's CGS. That is, that's a perfect ending to this because that's, that's where the story (laughs) ends folks right now. And then the next (laughs) chapter begins uh, next week. But Thank you so much for coming on, Jose, and, and explaining that in such a way that really no one else could have done. So I, I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in literally three days. <laughs> and I appreciate your time. And, and we're very thankful for Brawl and anything you guys need and that want access to. Oh, your, your it's going to be everything. I already are. told Craig, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm so interested in the seminars too, particularly. I already told him I want to sit in on his. I want to sit in on, you know, everything I can learn about this process. That's the kind of person I am. I just get in, get my hands dirty. That's why I've reached out 
to so many players and to you guys because I don't know much about it, but I want to learn. And where would I go to learn except to the people that live and breathe it? You know, I'm I'm not well, afraid to outsource my knowledge to people that are knowledge, more knowledgeable than I. So, well, if you if you sit in on our staff meetings, bring a helmet because that could sometimes be a full contact sport. <laughs> Mike Riddleman <laughs> told me to ask you who annoys him the most. Um, in the, like with requests or something <laughs> on the staff. Oh my God. And I'm just, pretty uh, sure it's because it's him. <laughs> Mike is, Mike is my special turtle. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I cannot wait to finally meet you guys in person and be a part of these inside jokes. I'm very excited. Um, oh my God. It's, so uh, it's going to be good. We're, we're, we put the fun and dysfunctional, I'll tell you that. I, I am all, like, that's my middle name, so let's go. I'm I'm already part of the family. You don't even know it yet, so. Oh <laughs> um, but thank you again. I'll see you next week, and y'all stay tuned. I've got two small school college showcase guys coming up on this podcast, so stick around. Now I'm joined by Caleb Johnson, a former linebacker at Houston Baptist University. Here's my interview with Caleb. So you guys did not get the chance to play this 2020 season, correct? Uh, no, we got, uh, we got a short season. It was only four games. Four games. And what was that like participating in that and then kind of seeing the rest of the college football world plunder through the way that it did? If anything, it just made me take each game uh, just not take each game for granted and mm-hmm. maybe just, you know, kind of immerse myself in each in each game and just realize, you know, with this being my, even though it's short and, like, I can still, like, cherish these moments with my team and, like, you know, experiences we were able to share from this season and the years before. That's, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I know it was really hard for a lot of players um, because there was yeah. so much uncertainty and now you're trying to prepare for the draft and you you know luckily there's these events like the college gridiron showcase what does it mean to have the opportunity to play like this in front of scouts and and coaches oh yeah i mean i get to play football so (laughs) do that i mean i'm I'm a happy guy so i get to play football i get to do what i love so it's a great opportunity for me too with the uh you know with our shortened season just to uh get and i know it's it's even tougher this year with you know uh the covid but you know, really just blessed to have this opportunity. And I'm sure like all the guys that are going to be there are feeling the same exact way too. Yeah, that's honestly a very traditional response. Everybody's been saying they're just really excited to play. And that kind of speaks to how weird this year has been. People are just excited to get on the field and play the game that they love. So why don't, you know, one of the things I noticed in a lot of your interviews and kind of in your social media and, and what people tweet at you is that you're built different. You know, they use that term, built different, you know, you're different. What does that mean as as a player? And, and does that speak to the adversity that you faced in your past? Because at HBU, I've gone through, you know, a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the first offseason I've had, actually. And a lot of that, you know, they say, like, I'm built different. It's just based mm-hmm. on, because uh, I'll have that whole rehabilitation process. Mm-hmm. But then I'll come back and then I'll bounce back as soon fast and I'll just be worth to pay. So I have I just have and coming from a military family too, I'm just used to dealing with adversity and like adapting to different situations. So I think what what that's like how that's transpired, how that's kind of like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. being coined with me is just by doing that and just being kind of like having a stoic kind of approach to things and just understanding that things happen and it's more so how you react to them that change the future. You say you're from a military family. Is your 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 dad, your mom? What did they do in the military? And did you move around a lot as a kid? Uh, yeah, we moved around a lot. Uh, my dad's in the Navy, okay. so I was actually born in Missouri. Okay. And then we moved to San Diego. From San Diego, we moved to back to Missouri briefly, and then I ended up in San Antonio, then to Georgia, okay, and then back to San Diego. Wow. And then got recruited out of there, and then uh, now I'm in Houston. Okay, wow. That's I was wondering, okay, San Diego, that makes sense. Do you miss that West Coast weather? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard, it's hard to give it up. It really was. <laughs> yeah, that's what people say, although California is, um, it's probably best here in Texas at this point uh, where we're at. But you talked about, I was reading one of the NFL players you model your game after, and I thought it was interesting because I don't know that this is a guy that many people 
know very well. You said Miles Jack. And I thought yeah. that was interesting because, you know, UCLA guy out of the West Coast wasn't super well known except his freshman year. He played both sides of the ball, which was unique. And he's made a name for himself, but he, you know, people don't know that as well. What is it about him that you identify with? So I remember his, his film on, uh, he was playing at UCLA, playing linebacker. Mm-hmm. And it was the way he attacked blocks, the way he okay. attacked guards coming off. Like he really was able to just... Uh, get that explosive power, and I, I I really have that have that same kind of quickness and explosiveness to separate and get off a block. So that's really something that I saw himself in his game, and as well as just his hustle. He has a he has a huge a high murder order. Yeah. So and that's something that I do too. My coaches harp on that. And that's something we pound, they pound into us every day in practice. Just run to the ball. It doesn't matter if you do something wrong to the ball and don't stop. Don't so, stop. Yeah, and I saw that I saw that Miles Jack, and I saw that myself. That's awesome because honestly, the Pac-12 gets like no love at all, and I think it's great that you identify with a player um, from the Pac-12. So I like that. Yeah. And then speaking to that, like getting to the ball and, and don't stop. One of your things that you said about why an NFL team should invest is you invest in you is because you don't know how to quit. You know, you never quit. So does that kind of go hand in hand with that mentality your coaches instilled in you? Oh yeah, of course. And that that even just goes. It, like I just remember uh, Little League football mm-hmm. my dad just yelling on my ear just whatever you do just don't stop just don't stop and that's just something I've, I've done like and I've you know odds have been stacked against me uh, you know no matter where I've gone where I've moved yeah so yeah so I'm used to just you know to keep pounding do you have a specific game that stands out to you from your time in college ball um, one that you really remember that was a, either a good team win or a game that you played really well in something that's a good memory for you last year we got that experience uh, we took them off of quarter and I mean H- uh, Houston Baptist is a pretty it's a newer program yeah in like our seventh year so and the fact that we were able to take a power five team down to like the last football game it was it was kind of it was a really cool experience and my team my friend uh, Carter uh, Carter Couch she plays D-line we sat next to each other on the bench, and it was just, it was just nice to sit next to him and uh, just realize, while uh, we're in Texas Tech right now, we're really, like, in the stadium battling with these guys. So, yeah, it was a good experience. That's awesome. What did you think of the uh, – the Lubbock, what did you think of Lubbock and, and the stadium itself? You know, I didn't feel like it was a little different because of the COVID year. There was oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the only thing that I wish we would have been able to experience more. With the fans and uh, everything, other, yeah, yeah, yeah. We still, we still got like, you no, know, there were still fans allowed their capacity, but it was a really nice experience, though. So, have you been using this time? I mean, since you only played those limited games, how, how have you been preparing for you know these showcases and the draft, the upcoming draft during all of this free time that you've had after the four games? Yeah, I mean, I just never stopped. Like, I'm <laughs> right, the very next week. Right after, sorry, your last game was on Saturday. That next Monday, I was right back in the gym. I was right back on the field. Doing- I have to ask this question. So we did just talk a little bit about music prior to starting our interview. But is there, I always ask guys this because it changes every year. What was your go-to pump-up song or pump-up artist before games this year? I know it's hard to pick one. <laughs> I, I'm just limited to one. Well, you could name a few if you want. <laughs> All right, I'll name, I'll name a couple. Okay. I'll name uh, Money, Money Bag Yo. Okay. He's, he's a rapper. Okay. And, uh, who else? I know it's hard to think of off the top. There's some yeah. people that have like only certain songs that they listen to before games. Do you switch it up? Do you just listen to whatever you're feeling that day, or do you have like a set playlist before you go? Oh yeah, before games. So on the bus, I'll always listen to uh, "Me Versus Me" by Money Back Yo. Okay. And, uh, on the field, I listen to. Uh, you know, that kind of changes, but right before I go out, I always listen to Heart of a Champion by, uh, by Nelly. Nelly, yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been listening to that since I was in fourth grade before games. So oh my God. something that I've always stuck with. That's awesome. That's such a, it's such a good pump-up song. Do you have any special, like, pregame rituals or things, that, like superstitions or stuff that you do every game um, to get yourself mentally prepared, physically prepared? Not really, but okay. I just have to have my uh, my game tape around my around my wrist. Okay. With my uh, with the sharpie, that's about it, though. Okay, that's that's I've seen guys do that. Some people get really particular with with their game day stuff, and um, I never know. But so as you're heading into this showcase, and you know you're going to have this ability to to show off your talent in front of 
all of these people that, you know, could benefit your career in the future. What are you hoping that they see when they watch you on the field? Uh, I hope they see a professional. I hope they mm-hmm. see uh, someone that's going to be focused in, honed in on this crap. And uh, just someone that is willing to take coaching and willing to, uh, you know, uh, take on leadership and just respond to criticism and stuff like that. Just Because mm-hmm. I know everything is just going to make me better. So that's all I'm looking to do is just get better. I liked your rules that you had where you're, you know, you had some personal rules, never disrespect coaches, always be on time, do good things and make good choices. Would you say those are right. pretty accurate at how you live your life? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So my entire career, I was only late to one thing and I was one minute late <laughs> and I, I literally would never let myself forget it because I've never felt so embarrassed in my life. Oh no. So you're like the guy that has to be there like early, like ready to go. Yeah, I got to be I have to be there early. I'm always, always to meetings early. I mean, always to get person, all that stuff, always early. That's good. And lastly, you said that you don't really play video games, which I thought was interesting because you're right. You might be one of the few guys that doesn't play like NCA or Madden or whatnot. So what do you yeah. do in your free time? Like what, what's the hobbies that you have? Yeah. So I love to uh, read, write and paint. Uh, okay. I actually, yeah. So I'm working on a few paintings right now then. I also, I love write. I think that's probably one of my other passions is, is writing. And I've also, I, I'm, I was supposed to have a book published this year. I saw that in called, your bio. What is that about? Yeah, it's just a superhero, superhero science fiction novel. But okay. it was just fun to write. It was really fun to just do research and kind of just create my own kind of world. Cre- just creating things is what I would say. That's I, I awesome. Do you have like a, a, do you think you'll publish it in the future? Yeah, well, I will. It's okay. just COVID kind of threw everything off. And yeah. Well, I noticed you also like anime. How did you get into that? Yeah. Because I don't watch TV. Okay. TV too much. And the anime episodes are only 20 minutes long. So <laughs> it's, true. it's not flipping on while I'm eating a meal or something like that. And then pictures and storybooking and anime beautiful to watch. And I love, I love it. So, so you're a big visual guy. Yeah, yeah. I would say okay, so. that's awesome. That's very unique. I like that. It's a really cool angle. Well, best of luck to you in the showcase. Hopefully, I'll get to catch up with you while we're out there. And excited to see you know what the future holds for you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, connecting with me. Great interview there from Caleb. Now I'm joined by Jeremy Bell, a defensive back from the University of Charleston. Here's my interview with Jeremy. Who would you yeah, rather face? Really would you rather face Philip Rivers or Josh Allen? I think Philip Rivers, from the standpoint that you know you're getting, you know what you're getting with him. That's you true. Know, Josh <laughs> Allen just provides so much versatility because he can also factor in and he can run and scramble for more yards and still throw it down the field, extend plays. So from a difficulty matchup, you probably rather see Phillip, but from a competitive standpoint, you rather see Josh. That is a great answer for me just throwing that at you in our first in our first 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that was phenomenal. Okay, this is going to be good. I'm excited. How did you get into the game of football? Was it from a young age? And, and how did you know that this is something that you wanted to do long term? I started playing football in fifth grade. Okay. Um, prior to that, you know, me and my dad, we'd always go outside, you know, toss the football, and he would <laughs> teach me things. But my, my parents, they both valued education a lot, and their whole mindset was, you know, you build a good, solid foundation academically, and yeah. once you prove that you can do that, then you enter into extracurricular activities. So that was just a thing uh, for all my siblings. We um, did academics up until fourth, fifth grade, and then we were able to start, you know, entering into sports. Mm-hmm. So I started playing, um, played Little League at Ackworth Warriors, which was like one of the more popular, probably one of the most popular ones in Cobb County when it comes to Little League sports. That's where kind of everybody sent their kids was the Ackworth football. Okay. And I played there, and then I played um, in middle school. I went to a private school, so I played at a private school for a couple of years. And then for high school, I played at North Cobb High School, which was a public school, but that was the school that I was districted for. Okay. So I spent some time out there. And, you know, I dipped and dabbed in some different sports. I tried <laughs> swimming in middle school. Okay. 
in in high school, I did track one year and basketball. What was your but, event you know, in football, track? I ran the hundred and oh boy. I ran two hundred, and then they had to do the four hundred. Um, <laughs> Just due to the fact that we just needed some people to put in there for the 400. How but, hard is the know, 400? Like, it's an all-out sprint for a whole lap. It's so much harder than people realize. Yeah, the 400, <laughs> I think, more than just the physical side, it's the mental yeah. it's the mental game. Just being mentally strong to make it around that whole track as fast as you can. I cannot um, do it. So I, I have, you know, great respect for those track athletes that can do that <laughs> on a consistent basis because I knew that wasn't my strong suit. Did that help you, like the the speed training, you know, for sprinting, help with your game um, on the field? I believe so. You know, anytime you can focus on, you know, speed and football mm-hmm. and make it translate, it's always going to help, you know. You know I say? You can find a place for somebody that's fast on the field. So I think, you know, we had a good track coach there as well. So it helped me, you know, um, just going through the training starting to learn, you know, proper running technique. And then you you head into college, and you you know you had a few places looking at you. You ended up transferring to University of Charleston. What went into that decision, and what was that process like, you know, starting at one place and then moving over to another and competing there the last two years? When I came out of high school, mm-hmm. I was playing receiver my senior year. Okay. And I broke my wrist the third game of the season. Oh, and I went to the doctor, and they did the x-ray, and they told me, you know, my season was over and that I would need to have surgery. Oh, gosh. At that point, yeah, at that point, I didn't have any offers, and I'm like, you know, I can't miss my senior season. I don't have any offers. <laughs> yeah. And so my dad and I, we talked to the doctor, like, this guy is something we can do. Can we just, you know, wrap it or something? So they they uh, they look some things out, and they say, you know, we can, we can put you in a cast. Oh, my and goodness. So they put me in a cast. And I was able to switch over the corner, earn the starting spot at corner, and that's how my career really began as a true defensive player. Okay. Out of necessity, you it, it started because you, you had to switch over. Do you think that you would have ever gone that route had that injury not happened, or would you still be a wide receiver? Or do you think you were always destined for, for the DB position? You know, I think once I got to college, they may have moved me to defense. You know, I could catch the ball, but... Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't a receiver. If I'm being honest, you know, I could catch the ball enough to play high school and maybe play a little bit in college. But if okay. I wanted a chance to really compete at a high level, they probably would have moved me to corner because I feel like that best suits me. Well, you know who else had that journey? Richard Sherman. He started as a wide receiver at Stanford, and Harbaugh basically told him, "You know, you're terrible as a wide receiver. So you either switch to to corner or you're, you're cut." And so he did it yeah. that way as well. So that's interesting. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to, you know, <laughs> trust the coaching staff and, you know, go with it. And then you had a big junior campaign. Tell me a little bit about how that progressed and, and what you liked out of that season. Well, before I get to that, I'm going yeah. to catch you back up to get you to how I got to Oh, that. yes, please, please. <laughs> so after that, you know, I played that senior year mm-hmm. with the cast and I got a few offers and that's at Lenore Ryan University. Mm-hmm. So after I left, uh, was at Lenore Ryan University and that was kind of, you know, my first year of true, I guess, freedom in a sense. So my parents are pastors. So okay. I grew up in, you know, a church environment, a religious environment. So parents gave me you know, a great foundation uh, spiritually and, and just in life, you know, how to be an adult and be a man. And right. when I got to school, you know, I kind of strayed away from those things, and I was trying to, you know, just find myself a little bit. And I found myself hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah. And found myself getting into a little bit of trouble, which caused me to get my scholarship reduced. Okay. And during that time, so that's when I left school. I, you know, just young, impressionable, a little naive. Yeah. And so during those two years I was out of school, that's when I kind of developed myself into that was the foundation that I got back to the. I guess basically who I am today. Okay. I uh, got back into church, really started developing my spiritual side again. I was heavily involved in my church and I was working on myself and creating the person that I wanted to be and that I was destined to be when I got another opportunity. So I just stayed training and worked hard every day. And um, on that second year, I sent an email out to several coaches and I let them know that I got in trouble at Lenore Ryan University uh-huh. and I don't have any game film. And I made a workout tape with some of my best drills that I felt like I had. And I sent it to him and told him I had a 1.9 GPA, (laughs) you know, asking for an opportunity. Yeah, that's incredible. And And, and they responded. 
Yeah, so uh, Coach Kirkland, who's the head coach there, and Coach uh, Zach Johnson, who's the coach that recruited me, uh-huh. you know, they looked things over. They brought me in on a visit, and, you know, it became the best fit for me. I graduated there last month mm-hmm. with a 3.5 GPA, so I graduated with honor. Wow. I got a chance to play, you know, my dream of playing college football. So that's kind of my story of how, you know, God, you know, took me from um, uh, misusing a, an opportunity that he gave me. Right. And, you know, bless me with another one after showing, you know, repentance and trying to get my life on track. Do you think that's given you a deeper appreciation for the game now, knowing that, you know, you could have lost it and it could have gone another way? Oh, definitely it does. You mm-hmm. know, I remember just, it's, it's a real type of humbling experience when you go from, you know, training every day to try to get an opportunity mm-hmm. and you're not having any success for two straight years and you're trying to, you know, keep your confidence up yeah. because you feel like you can go play, but you're not getting any opportunities. And then to finally get one and see God bless you with one, you know, I made sure to take advantage of it in every aspect. And, you know, I use that to mentor, you know, the freshmen when they would come in. And if I saw them starting to go down a bad path, you know, I try to you know, steer them on straight so that they don't have to experience what I had to experience. I was going to ask you if you if you offered advice like that, having gone through it and and knowing what it's like to, you know, have that setback if you tried to, if you speak and you give advice to other, you know, young guys that you might see going that way. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I make sure to reach out to all of them. And, you know, a lot of times my coaches believe me if they see somebody in particular, they may, you know, say, hey, when you get a chance, you know, Go out, check in on such and such, and, you know, just get to know them a little bit, ask how they're doing, and, you know, I know that's their way of telling me, you know, they got some things going on, they feel like I can impart in their life, so I take advantage of those opportunities and do whatever I can to help see them succeed. That's awesome. I mean, what a, what a way to give back after that kind of adversity. And now, you know, we're staring, we had this crazy year of COVID and now we're staring at the, the draft coming up and you're looking at coming out to the College Gridiron Showcase in Fort Worth, which is such a great opportunity for guys to get seen in front of coaches, you know, especially given how little football we had this year. Did you ever think that you'd be at this point where the NFL is within reach and you get to showcase your skills to these coaches? You know, this is something that, you know, you dream about as a kid, Mm -hmm. but then to actually be in a position to experience it and go through the process, I mean, it really takes you back a little bit and you just sit there and you're just thankful for every moment and every opportunity you have, you know. I had the one season last year that we played, yeah. and we didn't play this year, so you know I didn't have any game film from this season. Yeah, and to be you know reach out to some of those different places, the CGS and the Tropical Bowl, and you know to get invited to be able to come compete there and show my talents, you know, with the higher level of competition was truly a blessing for me, especially not having any film from this season, and so to get those opportunities and. Um, to be able to have opportunity to train for the draft and mm-hmm. boost performance here in Nashville, just all those different things that God is blessing with, you know, it's a real humbling experience and, you know, I'm taking, taking it day by day and I'm even journaling the process a little <laughs> bit so I can, you know, have these memories for later. That's awesome. You mentioned, you know, throwing the football around with your dad when you were younger and I, I had the pleasure of, you know, meeting him through Twitter. Are you guys still close now today? Oh, yeah, big. Me yeah. and my dad, we're very close. I mean, my entire family, we're all really close. But, yeah, me and my dad, we're really close. We talk every day. I, almost, I basically talk to almost all my family, essentially, every single day. That's awesome. And we're, we're a pretty close-knit group. Did he help you? I, I, You sent me the link to your website, and it's awesome. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes for everybody listening. But this website that you have, I don't know that I've seen a lot of players do this, or maybe I'm just not aware but it's really neat. I'm looking at it right now. You know, you've got the the tweets of all the things that are you've done. You've got your stats compared to every NFL cornerback, which is really interesting. How did you get this website together? Whose idea was this? So my dad came with that idea. My dad is really good at you know innovative <laughs> ideas. Yeah. To help get me get me noticed. And we actually had this website in high school. I used it for getting college recruitment okay. going. And we just uh, updated to, you know, now making it more college to NFL process. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my dad, he'll come up with different ideas and uh, I'll do my part, whether it's a lot of times with the athletic side of things mm-hmm. or I may put some input on some things I like to see out there. And between me and my dad and 
our um our tech guy that puts the whole website together for us. Yeah. You know, we'll 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 accomplish the goals what we're trying to reach. So we felt like this was a great way to, you know, be a continue to market myself and allow the scouts and GM, the coaches to be, you know, find me at one central location and have all the information that they're looking for on me right there. It's a really good idea. So if you guys are listening, check out jeremybell.info. It's a really cool website. Um, it's It's got everything, like you said, that you need. And I think it's such a great idea. I had not seen this before. So I, I like it. And your dad, Pops, is, he's, got a, he's got some good ideas. I like it. <laughs> pretty good at that stuff. Yeah. When you go to these things that are coming up, especially the, the CGS in Fort Worth, where I'll be covering it, what are you hoping to show scouts and coaches, what do you think sets you apart at your position and makes you someone that they should, you know, take a chance on it and bring to their team? For me, I think it's, you know, footwork first and foremost. I think, you know, I feel like I have exceptional feet at corner. And, you know, I was blessed to have, you know, great coaches at my school that really taught, made sure they emphasized the fundamentals of playing corner and that we made sure we stuck to the techniques and wasn't always just, you know, go out and play and just line up and shuffle out. But he really emphasized working the back pedals and then knowing when it's time to bail and when, you know, you should play with an open hip stand. So it shows that I have a lot of versatility with my technique and my footwork to allow me, you know, play the different schemes and concepts that different coaches are going to want you to play in the NFL based off, you know, who your defensive coordinator is and who your position coach is. Okay. So that's one of the things that I'm excited to show is to show – polished footwork compared to mm-hmm. some of these other guys that are prospects of my position. Okay. And then is there a player that you model yourself after or you think that you're a lot like in the NFL right now? There are two players that I've been working to model my game. At, okay. And for different reasons. Okay. So one would be Stephon Gilmore. And I like Gilmore because okay. he's very patient. If you watch his film, whether it's in press man or off man and zone coverage, he's very patient with the way he plays the game. So he doesn't, you don't see too many times where he gets antsy and makes a mistake. Very patient. His IQ is very high. Okay. I was um, reading an article on him once, uh, I think it was in a Sports Illustrated magazine, and he was just talking about his film study and preparation. I forget the team that they were playing, but he started noticing on film that out of a certain formation, when that wide receiver cut his split about two yards, he was running this deep over route. And he picked that up in film, so he saw it on game day. And pre-snap, he's just inching inside. So when the play happened, he was able to already be inside to make the play. And they threw the ball. He had an interception. Yeah. So that's one of the things I like from his game is just the IQ and the patience to be able to match those in the course of the game. Okay. The other corner I really like is Xavier Howard. Okay. I like Xavier Howard because he's so aggressive when it comes to attacking the ball. And, you know, he, I mean, this year he has, what, 10 picks on the season. Mm-hmm. So he's just finding ways to get around the ball. And, you know, that's one thing I've worked hard on. It's just, you know, I find my way to be around the ball. And now it's just a matter of, you know, coming up with those turnovers every time. Yeah. Is there, when you say, you know, these things that these guys have that you like and that you are modeling towards, do you think that there's specific drills that you work on to have that kind of feel or is that something that you just develop over the course of playing that kind of ability to feel where the ball is going to go i think it's a mix of both Mm -hmm. you know um when you look at patience that's something that you can teach you know i've had been fortunate to have uh good db trainers especially like and good uh coaching staff Mm -hmm. to really help work on the patience you know my my head coach who's also my position coach he did a great job of you know teaching different techniques when we had corners that may be a little more anxious than press coverage to want to lunge. Mm-hmm. He would teach techniques to, you know, keep you relaxed without lunging so you could still play with a great technique and put yourself in a great position. Okay. And then, you know, working with some of my DB trainers, you know, you just keep emphasizing those things on a one-on-one basis. And, you know, film study. When you study enough film for a game and you really start to couple the film study with what your team wants to run defensively, then it starts to, you know, it all comes together so it makes you more relaxed as a player. You're able to, you know, diagnose, oh, this is what I'm getting right here on third and short, mm-hmm. and this is the coverage that we're going to line up in, so this is what I should expect to see. And then you can kind of work with your safety or, you know, that that uh, that outside linebacker, whoever, whoever's going to be on that side of the field with you based off the coverage, and you guys can kind of work together to, you know, make some great plays. 
Okay. That's, I mean, that makes sense. A mix of both. I like that. Um, okay. One of the questions I'm going to ask that has nothing to do with football per se is I like to ask guys about music. There's such an intersection between, you know, sports and music these days. And I know you mentioned in one of your interviews that you like music, you were learning guitar, uh, you play piano. And so you, you seem a good person to ask, what is it that you listen to the last season that you played to get you pumped up? What kind of music do you listen to? What's on your playlist and stuff like that? So I go through a kind of a little bit of a phase okay. when it comes to music to build up through the day. So, you know, I like to start with a little bit of my, my gospel music just to, you know, okay. get my spirit right in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, closer to game time, I actually like a lot of pop music. Okay. Um, you know, I got my couple of rap songs that I'll put in there, but overall, I, I like a lot of pop music, those upbeat songs that, you know, give you that feel good. Yeah. You know, you're pumped up a little bit, so... That's kind of my style. Okay. I like that. that. I'm getting different answers from anybody, everybody. And it's funny because you think you know what someone's going to listen to based on the kind of player they are. But you really can't tell because everybody's taste different and what gets everyone fired up is so different. You know, I talk to guys that right. listen to samurai warrior chants before games or listen to Native American music. It's just all kinds of things that get your spirit in that in that way. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Kind of like... Yeah, everybody's fine-tuned a little bit differently. That makes them, you know, ready to go. So it is very unique. It is. I like it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. We cannot wait to see you in Fort Worth and excited to, to for you to have a good showcase. So we'll catch up with you there. Well, thank you for having me, Emily, and I look forward to seeing you there.